It would seem to me that these readings on the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time are all about the rewards of hospitality. We see it first with Abraham in the middle of the desert in chapter 18 of Genesis. At the age of 80, the one God spoke from heaven above and told him, Gather all your belongings and all your peoples and set out to a place I will show you. Without question, comment, or delay, Abraham set out into the desert with his wife, his nephew, and all his belongings on a 600-mile journey that started in Iraq and it would land, end in a land flowing with milk and honey that today we call Israel. Now, in the middle of his journey, Abraham is close to 100 years old, and somewhere on the horizon, almost like a mirage, he sees three travelers coming to him. He knows that they are VIPs. And that is why he runs out to meet them and then face plants himself in the desert sand when he comes into their presence. And even though they are three, he refers to them as sir because Abraham believes he's being visited by God in the flesh. The same God who made him, the same God who sent him on this journey, he believes has now come to him in the form of three different people. Abraham is being visited, yes, by God in human form, but God also in the form of the Trinity. And Abraham, though he has very little because he's in the desert where there is nothing, offers them what hospitality he can. And that is why he finds the best of his livestock and slaughters it, gets his wife making some bread, and then they're going to have a barbecue banquet right there in the middle of the desert as God and man meet together. And Abraham is rewarded, not only for the faithfulness he has shown in embarking on this journey, but also in showing such hospitality to God who has come to visit with him that day. And that is why he is told that he and his wife will be blessed with an answer to a prayer that the two of them by that point had been uttering and praying for more than half a century, that they would be blessed to become parents. Abraham will not just become any parent, he will become the parent of father and faith with descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. We see a different kind of hospitality too, in fact, on the lips of St. Paul in our second reading from the first chapter of his letter to the Colossians. First, he said, uh, he welcomes whatever suffering he has to endure for the sake of the gospel. And elsewhere in his epistles, he tells us we should do the same. Be willing to accept your fair share of hardship for the sake of the gospel. Paul said, I will make up in myself whatever is lacking in the suffering of Christ. And the only thing lacking there is our participation, our willingness to suffer for the sake of the same goal. In order to open the gate of heaven, Jesus, with blood, sweat, tears, fear, and trembling, and even death, was able to give us the promise of new life. We, like Paul, should be willing to invest some amount of blood, sweat, and tears, fear, and trembling, and try to obtain that great gift that Jesus has won for us by the cross. Paul welcomed the cross in his life because he believes he would exchange it for the crown of righteousness in the next life. But Paul was also hospitable towards a group he used to despise. He said, I welcome the Gentiles to come to the faith. In his previous life as Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee, he would have despised any person, any man that was not circumcised, any man that was not observant of Jewish law, had no friend in him. But when the Lord took this murder of Christians and made him a missionary, he gave him one particular audience to whom he must spread the gospel, the very people he used to hate, the Gentiles. And Paul spread the gospel among them like wildfire. And they were very hospitable to him as he was to them, and now they're all in heaven together. But the greatest example of hospitality we find in the readings today is toward the end of the 10th chapter of Luke, 
where Jesus is welcomed into the home in the village of Bethany of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. In the previous chapter, Jesus has announced his destiny. He said, I'm going up to Jerusalem, not only for the Passover, but for his passion and death. And now he's stopping at every village and town and city on the way, announcing the coming of the kingdom and calling people to repentance. And he works so hard during the day, he looks for a little respite from his journey at night. He has known Martha and Mary for years, along with their brother Lazarus, whom he soon will raise from the dead. They've grown as close as family. And yet, even though Jesus is like family to them, Martha still believes, well, he's more important than most of the guests that honor us with a visit in our home. And so we have to go to extra trouble to make sure that everything is just right. And we sympathize with that because that is often how we behave when guests come to our home. We want to make sure that they don't see how we really live, and so we spend days making sure it's clear of clutter, everything is clean and in its place. And then while we are there, we often spend so much time in the kitchen preparing that we spend very little time with the guests we have welcomed there. And then all of a sudden, oh, look at the time. We'll see you next year. Well, that's the Martha in all of us. Now, Martha thinks that Mary has gone slothful, that she's being lazy. She knows how to cook. She knows how to serve. And yet there she's just sitting at Jesus' feet like some sort of lapdog. Martha believes that Jesus should take her side. Lord, tell her to get back in the kitchen. Don't let her just sit there at your feet. How surprised Martha was when Jesus takes Mary's side and tells Martha, you're a busybody. You're anxious and worried too much. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. You should learn from her example. Why wasn't Mary in the kitchen? She already believes that Jesus is God. She has just found out that God's going to die for her sins and the sins of the world. She can't be parted from him. She can't take her eyes off him. Yes, they've welcomed Jesus into their home, but in this moment at the feet of the master, Mary is welcoming Jesus into her heart. And that's what our Lord wants for all of us. He shows hospitality to us time and again, welcoming us here to his home. But he wants us to welcome him into our hearts. He does that in a most special way in his word and in his sacraments, particularly the body and the blood that we are about to receive. We shouldn't take our eyes off him either. Yes, we still need to be Martha and make sure we meet the needs of our guests and those all around us, but we also need to reclaim our role as Mary, who sit at the feet of the master and realize, like Abraham, when he saw those travelers coming to him in the desert, that God and man have come together. Heaven has come to earth, and one day we're all going to travel to heaven. It was with great joy this last week that we extended great hospitality here at Queen of the Miraculous Medal to 141 children that were enrolled in our summer vacation Bible school. We had 50 volunteers playing the role of Martha, and we encouraged all those children who attended Bible school this week uh, to be Mary's, sitting at the feet of the Master and learning just how immense and intense and intimate God's love is for his creation and for his creatures, sinners like me and sinners like you. And so now we're going to watch the highlight reel and see what the children were up to this last week right here at Queen's. 